All right, so we're going to jump back into Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Feeling pretty good about finishing tonight, y'all. I got to be honest with you. I know it's been a long time coming. Seems like it's been a year now, but uh, we're picking up on verse 12. So if we can get through three verses tonight, we're going to be doing great. Uh, And then as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Jim's going to start back next Wednesday with Colossians. Uh, in here on Wednesday night, so that'll be that'll be great. Not going to do a whole lot of recap, just so we can really take these last few verses and and talk about them the way I'd like to talk about them and bring out a few things and maybe recap for a little bit at the end and talk about a few things. And but if you guys have any comments or anything you want to add to, obviously tonight's the night to <laughs> let's get it all out tonight and. We'll move on from Ecclesiastes after tonight, but I tell you, I've really enjoyed um, standing before you and presenting lessons to you every week, because it's been good for me. You know, you've heard Jim say it or whoever, but it seems like the ones that are getting the lessons direct, together ready and the teachers and all, you learn so much from it, and you, the time you put into it, it, I knew how much I really enjoyed this book. I think I've told you all that a hundred times before we even started. But now after going through it again like this, I really appreciate it again. I mean, because it's been several years since I've gone through it. Then I've gone through it again, and it's just, y'all wouldn't believe the memories and the just the things that's kind of shook in my, my little body to do things a little different or, you know, maybe look at stuff different or, or do stuff different or whatnot. But it's been real good for me um, to be able to go through it and prepare these lessons and so I know for me personally, it, it's it's done some good, and I hope in return it's it's done all of you guys a little bit of a good to go back through it again. Most of you, I'm sure, have read it and gone through it, but maybe this time you saw something a little different, or maybe you didn't. Me and Jim were talking about the other day. Anytime you read something once, twice, 10, 15 times, you're going to see something different every time, and that's the same for me, you know, this time that we've gone through this book. I've definitely seen some some new stuff. And been reminded of the stuff. But Mike, am I right on chapter uh, verse twelve? Right, if you you remember. Yeah, because I, I think the last thing we finished up on was like where we were talking about uh, the nails. The word to the scholars like, well, your nails given, but yeah. Okay. Yep. So let's go ahead and read verse twelve, and then we'll talk about that for a little bit. It says, "Any further, further, my son." Be admonished by these, of making many books, there is no end, and much wearisome to the flesh. Um, So what I think about when I read this book, uh, making books, of making many books, there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. I mean, I think we could all agree, when it comes to the Bible, matters of the Bible, subjects of the Bible, there's a lot of books. There's a ton of books. Um, we've talked about that in this class. You can about read anything from 10 different people and probably get pretty close to 10 different ways they look at things and the, their outlook or their interpretation. But I kind of read this verse, and I don't really think it's saying don't become more knowledgeable. Don't not study um, your Bible. But I think we should... Always should study and should always 
want to grow in our knowledge and know right from wrong. I think the warning here is you can read all them books and do what you want to, but never get too far away from the Bible. I think we all know people that have gone into left field when it comes to the Bible. I, I mean, we, I think we all know people that probably were pretty solid Christians at one point, or you thought they were new things pretty solid, and then all of a sudden, here they go. Uh, I know, I, I mean, maybe before the boys were born, me and Cheryl were going to church at Hickory. What's the name of the road? I, I don't, that don't matter. It was in Hickory. And the man that was preaching there, you would think, he was almost a genius, it seemed like. I know we were, he was a very smart man, very knowledgeable man. Uh, when we first started going there, very powerful preacher. I mean, just really good. And then towards the end, man, he started preaching on stuff that you almost had to be a doctor to understand what he was even talking about. And me and Cheryl would look at each other like, what, what in the world's going on? You know, he would, and then he started recording his sermons. And it's almost like you could see him setting himself up to, to go to the next level or to go do this or go do that. And, man, it's just he, he lost us all. I mean, you know, so I, I think he had a good, con- you know, the congregation there was a good-sized congregation. But, and then he eventually, I think he did end up leaving and, well, I could say a name too, but somebody else who I preached did a, a very good job, I think. But to me, that was a good case of where the man knew his Bible and he could preach and he could teach the Bible, but he got to a point where he thought maybe he knew more or I'm smarter than y'all, just take my word for it. And he just left everybody, you know, just preached over our head. So can y'all can we agree that that's maybe this does anybody have any comments on this verse as far as you know there's so many books out there and yeah there there's some good and there's some bad but i think the thing is just don't steer away from the truth and what you know is right yeah then i agree that's yeah i mean all these books and i think i found myself reading books before and i know you have jim because you love to read and i know how many you've read I saw your library, but you, you can get lost, Mike. I don't know why I was thinking about an individual, Mike, when you said that. Pace yourself and don't. Because I, I, I know people I've talked to, people can wear me out just talking to me and just trying to throw up on you as far as the Bible. Cram, 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 and you're just sitting there, okay, okay, okay. And, man, then you're just like, whoa, I need, I got to step back, and I hope I don't talk to them for a month or so, you know, because it's just, you're right, it's too much at one time or, you know, it can be too much, you know. Jeff? Yeah, well, and I kind of, I was thinking too as you were speaking, thinking of the people that come to church here and sit there in these pews and listen to Jim preach for years and years and don't obey the gospel. But then out of the blue, one Sunday they may get up and obey the gospel. You know, kind of the same, maybe they heard something different that day that they hadn't, heard or it pricked them at the right time that day and there they go you know so and it makes me think too when you said that Jeff that how this whole book here is, tells us over and over we don't have things figured out we don't know what God knows we try to think we do or we try to figure it out but it tells us plain and clear we'll never know everything there is to know especially when it comes to God and why things are why <laughs> the way they are you know and 
why some people may hear something different one time and different the next or whatever. But, you know, that's why, why we don't know. And, again, that's why the teachers here, or we've read in Ecclesiastes, that's why we've got to just keep doing what we do in the morning and in the evening, just keep doing what we do because you never know uh, when the fruit's going to produce from that, you know. So that's a good point. <clears throat> Anything else? So when we get down to verse 13, this is, uh, I guess this is one where you take it home here. Um, kind of the conclusion to what Solomon drew, I guess you could say, from living his life as fully, I think we all agree, he lived his life as full as any man could live his life uh, that ever lived his life before. You know, We've talked about that. He did it all. If he wanted something, he got it. Or he would have somebody do it or whatever. Um, more than any person that ever lived on the face of the earth. And now, all that that we've read, these up these 12 chapters, and y'all remember everything that he done and went through and all the stuff he unfolded and turned upside down and found out, now he's going to tell us, after all of that, um, what's the most important thing that we can do in our lives. You know, what's the most important thing that we can do with our lives. So in verse 13, he says, let us, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And I know that's pretty cut and dry, right? And there's not a, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to really, I mean, we can talk about it. Uh, we've talked about, too, you know, I, I think it's worth mentioning again, when it says fear God. Um, I th we've talked about how that's not, you're not scared of him. And the fact that, oh, you're, you're scared or don't, don't hit me or strike me dead, God, or whatever. You're not shaking in your boots kind of scared. When it says fear God, that means respect God. Recognize him for who he is, he, our creator. You know, he, he's the one that made it all and he's the one that created us. Fear God, respect him, show him the, the love um, that he deserves. So fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole uh, duty of man. And as we talked about it a minute ago, we're not, we don't have it all figured out. We don't know everything. Um, so to me, that's even more of a reason why we should fear God, why we should love the Lord and respect him and let him, and him know that he's way more powerful than we are because we're not ever going to figure it out. All we can do is say, forgive me, Lord, and help me get through this, and I'll put you first, and we'll get through it together. Um, Jim, did you? Yep. No, and I agree, and I mean, you've talked about that before. I stayed out of a lot of trouble when I was young for the respect of my mom and dad, <clears throat> and that's just to that point. I didn't want to upset them. I didn't want to disappoint them. So there's a lot of stuff that I would think twice before I did it because I say, hmm, if my mom or dad found out about this, what would they say? And I was like, nah, y'all go ahead. I'll see y'all tomorrow. I, w I just wouldn't do it because I knew I didn't want to cross that line and, and have to, you know, hurt, hurt your parents. So I don't get in trouble or locked up or whatever, whatever you're fixing to do, good or bad or bad. But you're right, the respect, though, kind of like this, fear God, respect him kind of the same principle we'll do a lot we won't do a lot of stuff because we know at this point's god the same way you know because yeah 
Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, how it seems like things have changed a little bit over time, I think. And there are a lot of tough situations for people now. And you see a lot more of that, it seems like, as far as the parent-child type relationships or not maybe not quite. I mean, there's still a lot that are the, the way they used to be, but there's a lot of situations out there today that there's, you know, when talking about the discipline and the respect and whatnot, it's missed a lot of times now. So I'd agree with that. And that's right. And the example you are to your family, like we said a minute ago, you never know. Like you just said, that one time may be what takes him to do something different, you know? Because people are watching, and they, they notice if you, you know, how committed you are or dedicated or doing the right thing, even when everybody else is doing the wrong thing, you know? So somebody's always watching, that's for sure. So do y'all think this, where it says, fear God and keep his commandments, y'all think this is a suggestion or a command? <laughs> I say it's a command. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big command I, in my book. Uh, I put down it's a command right here in front of me. I don't think that's a suggestion. I think that is definitely a command uh, to fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah, and don't... And don't forget, too, who wrote this and who that's coming from. That's what amazes me, too, and I, we've talked about this. For that man of that caliber and that, I mean, he was well-known by everybody at that time. Everybody knew who Solomon was. So powerful, so rich. Very, The influence he had, the knowledge and the wisdom. Can you imagine? I mean, he, he asked, and God gave it to him. Can you imagine how, I mean, just sitting there listening to him speak was probably amazing. But after all that, for him to say that, you know, is pretty is pretty cool, you know, especially when the whole book is talking about under the sun and then here towards the end. I mean, he just tells you all that's forget about it. You need to be worried about what's on the other side of the S-U-N, you know. So I think that's pretty cool how that shifts, too. There was a, yes, sir. Oh, man. That's pretty good, though. It's a good story. I like to hear everybody's story, how it all, I like Jim's story, too, with his grandmother. I always remember that. I think everybody's got their story of where, how they become a Christian or how their family, you know, kind of, kind of neat. A man was once quoted, it says, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you don't fear God, you fear everything else. Oh, that was pretty cool. In Proverbs 1, 7, Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We've talked about that in here. I know, a couple, you know, we've read that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Paul, in 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen kind of says in, in a roundabout way the same thing. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all, of all people most to be pitied, just to be feel sorry for. If we think that all that there is is this life on this earth, people, you know, we should feel sorry for each other. Because um, just like Solomon, Paul knew, right, there's a lot more to it than this life on earth. Uh, there's life even to come. 
First John 5, 3 says, In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Um, and then over in Mark 12, Jesus, Mark 12, verse 30, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. Like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So that's a full-time job right there. That's a lot to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's tough, especially that second one. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. Um, not impossible, but tough. So any other comments before we get to the last verse? Man, I'm feeling good about it. I think we're going to do it. No, nah, go ahead. It's okay. Yeah. And it is a process. You learn as you get, become more knowledgeable and wiser, you look back and see, you know, when you were a young Christian, yeah, you want to know it all and do all this and do that, but you knew, you know, it was going to take time to grow and to get to the place you needed to be. Yeah. We can preach a lot and say a lot, but when, until you're faced with it, it's hard to, hard to say. All right, let's read verse 14, y'all. Verse 14 says, For God will bring every work into judgment, <coughs> including every secret thing, whether good or evil. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, uh, whether good or evil. Let me read just a couple verses for you to, to ponder on here for a second. Matthew twelve thirty six. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For every idle word that men shall speak, they got to give an account. John five twenty two says, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, his Son. John 5, yes, sir. Probably useless or pointless word. Or Jim, is that, would you say idle word? An idle word would just be a, yeah, like a pointless or useless type word. Yeah. Pretty much everything we say every day probably. Yeah. Has no meaning, no point, no use, no meaning behind it really, you know. So, good question though. John 5, John 5 and 25 and a few after says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself and have given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And then, of course, the verse in Revelation twenty fifteen, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And we can go on and on, and there's many more scriptures. I think you see what my point was. There is going to be a judgment. We're all going to die. Um, I think we can, we can agree, and I know we've talked in this class before, 
uh, how the great equalizer is, we've talked about death, right? Don't care if you're rich, poor, educated, uneducated, whatever. We're all going to die, right? Think about it a little bit further than that, though. What's the great, great equalizer, if you think about it? Maybe it's just me. The judgment. The judgment is the great equalizer. Yeah, we're all going to die, but that ain't it. There's a little bit more left after that. You're either going to go this way or you're going to go that way. So, yeah, that's right. That's why I'm glad God's the judge and not man. You know what? I'm very thankful for that, <laughs> just to be honest with you. It has been said that Ecclesiastes raises the question that the rest of the Bible answers. Ecclesiastes proves the emptiness of life apart from God, but it also demands that one fill the void of his life with the activity of doing the will of God. I thought that was pretty neat, though. It's been said that Ecclesiastes raises a question that the rest of the Bible answers. I want to read just a list, and I put this together actually real quick today as I was just doing a brain dump. I was just typing, so there's no order to this, so don't judge me on that or ding me. Just real quick, I put down the lessons learned or what I was reminded of of Ecclesiastes. And I this happened to be 10 of them, you know, whatever, there's 10. There's a lot more than that, okay? But the 10 that jumped out at me, bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. <clears throat> and there's some verses, and I'm not going to have time to read them, so I'm not. Number two, I thought of, money can't buy happiness. <clears throat> things don't bring true and everlasting happiness. That's all temporary. That's all temporary. Third thing I thought of, this book may seem unclear to us at times, but the message is unmistakable. We don't know enough to rely on ourselves, so we better put our trust in God. We can't do it on our, on our own. We're not smart enough. We don't know enough, and that's not how the plan was set. We have to trust in God. Number four, life is short. We're to enjoy it, especially as Christians. We should be really enjoying our lives. <clears throat> Number five, remember our creator in our youth. Don't wait around till we're, old, till we're older to finally decide to follow God because tomorrow may just be a day too late. Remember God in your youth. Number six, there's nothing new under the sun. How many times do we hear that through this book? There's nothing new under the sun. We all have the same desires, the same issues, problems, struggles. You name it, we're, we're living it too, just like they did in Solomon's day and just like all the generations before us. Nothing's new under the sun. Number seven, you can be the wisest man on the face of the earth and still sin. You can still sin. Number eight, all things under the sun are vanity. Number nine, fear God and keep his commandments. And I put number 10 because we are all going to die and face our creator. That's why we need to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, I was going to ask y'all if there was any more that I missed, but we're out of time. Does anybody have any comments or anything they want to add to this? That's right. Enjoy the life while you're here, you know. But don't forget there's something after this, too, that you need to be prepared. That's right. Yep. Anything else?
Well, we have to stop and let them folks come in. Thank you all very much. I appreciate everything.